Australia's premier user experience design conference. This is UX Australia 2018. Steve Portigal is the principal of Portigal Consulting. He's also the author of um, some fabulous books, which I'm sure he'll talk about. And he's here at UX Australia 2018. In fact, he has been for several days, not only as a speaker at the conference, but also as part of the two-day workshop. Um, Welcome, Steve. Thanks very much. It's great to be here. This is my fourth uh, UX Australia, so I'm thrilled to be here for the 10th year. What do you love about these conferences, especially here in Australia? You know, the... uh, as an outsider, I observe this um, UX professional community that's very connected. People are friends, but they also work together. Um, you know, it's a big island, uh, but people are welcomed in. So as an outsider, I mean, I feel like an outsider, but I feel like I belong here. I have lots of friends here and colleagues, and um, I'm just always treated very well. And People are interested to see me and, and think what I have to say is interesting, which is always a validating uh, experience to have. So I've, just, I've always had very positive interactions with the community. Is Australia, are we playing catch-up? Because we're a bit slow to sort of on the uptake of the whole user experience, weren't we, at some point? I, I noticed that in Australia that's a question that gets asked, and maybe, you know, I... Speak, I visit and travel to a lot of sort of far-flung UX communities that are smaller than this one, and they don't always ask that question. So I think it's a sign of maturity to sort of interrogate yourself that way. Um, and I'm just, I find so many things that I am very impressed by, the kinds of things where UX is being applied, you know, the impact on daily life or citizens as you know, part of uh, Australia, uh, delving into the history and what's not being supported, uh, you know, work with uh, indigenous cultures. There's a lot that is, I'm just jealous of that we just don't, you know, in the United States and Silicon Valley where I am, we're not, we're not being, uh, the, the money and the, and the motivation and all the things that make this kind of work happen are just point in different directions. So there's, it's not a binary like, oh, you're ahead or you're behind in Australia. There's things where you're, there's a lot of progress beyond sort of what you see in other communities. Um, and I'm sure there's lots of catch-up to be made. It's not like the grass. You know, we think the grass is greener and there are American companies or whatever, other global brands that people would want to model themselves after. Well, we're not as good as this. But, you know, you go into any one of those environments and it's an uphill battle with all the same concerns about leadership that doesn't get it and no time and no money. I think so I don't know if it's a bit of imposter syndrome. I think it's very healthy uh, that Australians can say, oh, are we playing catch-up? Where do we have to go? Like, there's a humility and a passion to move forward. So, yeah, that's, where I, that's how I take it. Although when you, when you see 850 participants in one room together, um, there's a lot of energy, isn't there? And there's a lot of willingness to, to, to work hard and to deliver. Right, and I think the uh, you know the organizations want to hire people, and we sort of can't make them fast enough. And um, and I don't know the numbers this year, but I know in past years that you know there's been 800, however many people attend, but there's been a large number that have been put on a wait list because there's not room for them. And so, yeah, sort of outside these walls, even is you know people uh, with hunger to move forward and learn more and bring things back into their workplace. And to me, it speaks very highly about the enthusiasm and the passion and the and the knowledge level that's there and that's growing now um i mentioned at the at the start that you were part of um the workshop uh days here and your your topic was about um interviewing users and 
you say that um, that interviewing is undeniably one of the most valuable and commonly used user research tools, yet it's not often used well. Why, why is that? I think if you take a naive approach to interviewing, it's just like what we're doing now. We're having a conversation. But of course we're not. I mean, we're doing something a little heightened. You are a trained professional. Um, we talk to people all day, but there's lots of circumstances in which we talk to them in a different way in order to produce a media experience or to learn about what their needs are, how they perform a task. And, you know, to naively assume that your default best practices for, you know, talking to your friend at, at, at the bar or to talking to your parents about what's going on in your life, that those would make for a successful version of something else. Uh, that's just a naive perspective. I think it comes from a good place, but... We have to do things very, very differently when we want to talk to a user and learn what they're, what they're seeking or what they care about or how they work today. Uh, and so it's a, it makes learning research, I think, a challenging thing because you have to unlearn your defaults, which is, requires a certain amount of humility, and then learn some new techniques and change the way you've been talking you know, your whole life um, in order to kind of have better uh, impact. Is it, is it easier for some compared to others, does it come naturally to some people? Yeah, uh, that I think is, uh, it, it, yes, everyone is sort of, we're all at different places about how we are with ourselves, how we can kind of be present, how we can hear other people, what techniques we use to just interact in general. Um, and I think of that as like a feature, not a bug, because, you know, it's such an, indiv- to be good at it, you have to be good at it as yourself, so you can go to a workshop and you know read books and learn from me and all the other people that talk about this, but ultimately you've got to figure yourself out. Um, so yeah, I love that people. Yes, and so you have a very practical question. Did everyone has something different to learn? That's sort of a natural uh, where a place where they have strengths or maybe a place where they can improve. And part I think of the goal of the workshop is not to fix everybody or make them perfect, but to give them some more insight into themselves. They can think about, oh, i got to work on this, or I've got this part taken care of. That's a great outcome, I think, for our workshop participants. Absolutely. And, um, and I'm sure that that was uh, quite evident um, throughout your, your workshop. Those who participated, what did they tell you at the end? What did they take away? What is something that they, they learned from you that they're, they're wanting to embrace almost immediately? You know, we do a little practice interview, um, and people notice what things are uh, hard for them. Um, so I'll just give a, a quick example. People who are new to research tend to ask a question like about somebody's behavior and say, um, how did you solve this problem? And, and then they'll say, did you do A? Did you do B? Did you do C? They'll suggest, and it's kind of a naive view of how to be helpful, but in fact it starts to suggest to the person you're interviewing here's the framework I want you to respond in. Um, and so people hear themselves doing it and realize that's a thing that they do and they realize they can stop doing it. The other piece of the workshop we played with, a lot, we went and gathered some data and then people played with how to analyze data, how to synthesize that into some new points of view and then how do you design things that might take what you learned in the research and show what possible solutions are. Um, and I think people felt like that was some tools that they could get better at and, and really 
it was the hand it was a very hands-on piece for them that I think they felt was going to change their way of working with research findings in their own organizations. Now, Steve, one of um, your uh, other roles here is, of course, is to present. And um, you're going to share with the audience about, about solving problems or is it about stopping? To so- what, 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 do you, what do you mean by stop solving problems? Are we, are we doing it the wrong way? Are we, are we thinking um, we're tackling it differently? I mean, how? There's a lot of um, good-hearted desire to make things better for people. I mean, that's what makes people come to these conferences at all levels of sort of what life is like with technology or in society. Um, And sort of an unsophisticated lens on that is what is wrong so I can fix it? And so that's the thing I want people to stop. Yes, we should find things that are wrong and fix them, but that's a very limiting uh, way of, of being in the world. It's sort of gives you a lot of power and it sort of privileges your observational interpretation of the world as opposed to letting the world, and by that I mean the people that are in the world, letting them tell you what the, not even what the problems are, but what the joys are and what the, uh, you know, what the delights are and what is, what is, how things are and how things are understood and what, what goals are and what desires are. And the things that we can make can, you know, ameliorate that or mitigate that or enhance that or innovate around that. It's so much, you know, we talk about human-centered, but human-centered problem fixing isn't human-centered. You have to go kind of all the way to where they are and let go of your desire to just find what's wrong and apply solutions like sort of uh, like Band-Aids or masking tape or something. So... There's a little bit of a philosophy that I'm, yeah, going to be gently yelling about for people, I think, today. It's, it's almost like, and I haven't really thought about it before, you're passing the buck, you're passing on the responsibility onto someone else and saying, you're a consultant or you're the expert, you've been brought in, fix it. Here's our problem. Where really it should be a collaborative effort, and that's, that, that makes a lot of sense. Right, it's collaborative, and collaboration means letting go. Right. I don't know. I think people, I think we you know our institutions are pretty good at saying we don't know what the solution is, but we're not as good at saying we don't know what the problem is. Uh, and that's, you know, I want to give people permission to do that. I don't think that's not, and you know, you talk sort of philosophically about problems. Not every problem fits into every framework. And I want to talk about just a number of different approaches and at least encourage people to think about what approach are they using, and is that the one that suits the situation that they're in? You want to match the uh, the approach you're taking to the to the context. Because there are there are different approaches to different problems, right? It's not like there aren't technical fixes to things where you just apply some technology and you know the world gets better. And there's not like there aren't problem solving opportunities. There are many different kinds of problems, uh, but not everything should be you know fix the technology, find the problem. Sometimes things require us to you know, understand the people. And so uh, what I, my hope is that people leave with a, a sense of that, those different choices, and be able to look at things they're doing and just say, yes, we're doing it this way, even though Steve says there's two or three other ways, but we're choosing to do it that way. So that's, that's good. I, don't, I, don't, I can't judge everybody's choices, but I can at least help remind them to be able to make a number of different... To, to, I can remind them to make choices among a set and to be considerate of those choices as, when they make them. Steve, what does the future look like to you when you see you know, 800 plus 
participants here, all with all sort of like-minded in their thinking and their approach, uh, the ability to share, ability to network, and to to learn. What does that What does that say to you about the future? I just want to say robots. Isn't that always the answer to a question about the future? Um, you know, I think, and you know, when we were talking before about what makes UX Australia special, um, I think that the future there's visions of the future want us to be doing more with technology and we have all this infrastructure and you know people that are hearing this now are hearing it through some of that infrastructure uh, but this conference is a, to me is about people in person I mean that's what conferring is the act that we do in these conferences so we have 850 people here they uh, work with they each work with 30 people and they go to the you know have a meet up with 20 people and um, it's an ongoing conversation that this is um, you know maybe an, uh, an anchor point in, but the future is is people talking to people, uh, you know, in person, uh, at, you know, bringing their ideas together and figuring out what they want to do with them and, and how to make their work better. You have a uh, is it a, a regular podcast or is it weekly, monthly, fortnightly podcast? It's uh, oh, I wish it was any of those things. <laughs> um, it's a podcast that ran for sort of two intense periods and has been on. Uh, I haven't. I, I, if I say hiatus, that offers too much structure, or that says I've abdicated it. Um, I'm gearing up to do more of them. It's a podcast called Dollars to Donuts. It's and it it reflects a you know profiles of people that didn't exist a few years ago. People that are in house in organizations that are leading user research. We just didn't have that. That wasn't where the leadership was or the thought leadership was. And often these people are not out there. You know talking about themselves trumpeting their accomplishments so i'm interested in learning about what they're doing and uh so i want to i need to do some more uh there's i think a bunch of episodes you can go listen to but uh, stay tuned for more coming well enjoy your time uh here in australia and thank you for so much for what you've been doing for ux australia 2018 and we look forward to hearing from you and speaking to you again yes thanks for the chance to speak with you and everybody else